Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Still a purpose yet that needs to be realized.
about the building. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you this morning once again for your grace and mercy. We appreciate you for the things given that were brought to the fore, which vindicates indeed, dear God, that you are still in the healing business. Dear God, we appreciate how you moved upon the lives of your children. We thank you for the deliverances that were there. We thank you for the healings and miracles that were there. You have shown yourself to be God. You have shown yourself to be the Almighty. You took charge, dear God. That is why we are beginning to see testimony after testimony of your children coming. We glorify your name for what you have done. We appreciate, dear God, for the healing, especially during this time where we are confronted by this demon that has ravaged the whole world, that has disrupted systems, that has given governments a headache. But we thank God that there is still balm in Gilead. We thank you, dear God, that within the bride we still can come before you and speak of your healing power 
and Lord, to witness the, the power of your resurrection. We just want to thank you this morning. And if there are those, dear God, this morning that have requests, this morning we want to bring those requests before thee, no matter how impossible they may seem, even though they are not yet uttered through the human lips, you are a God that can search the heart and know, dear God, what the heart needs. May you grant them their heart's desire this morning. May you provide for their needs this morning. If they are sick, dear God, may you bring a healing power upon them. If they are lost, may you bring salvation their way. Whatever is needed, dear God, I know you are capable to bring it their way. You said whatever we ask in your name, you shall do it. I know, dear God, when we call the name of Jesus Christ upon every situation, you are bound to answer, dear God. I know when we call the name of the Lord Jesus upon every sickness, you are bound to bring a healing power. I know when we call the name of Jesus upon every need, dear God, you are bound to make a provision. Some of them this morning, they need jobs, dear God. They cannot look at the South African economy, but they are looking at the Jehovah Jireh, the one that is a provider. May you provide for them, dear God. I know you don't care about statistics. I know you don't care about the economic conditions. I know you are a Jehovah Jireh. You are a provider. You will provide it, dear God. This is the time when we call Jesus on the sin because we know when we call you on the sin, dear God, things are about to change, dear God. Testimonies are about to be said. Miracles are about to be performed. Healings are about to be experienced. There's never been a time where we called on the name of Jesus without you coming on the scene. May you move, dear God. Even this morning, if there are those that are troubled by various spirits, spirits of depression, the spirits of whatever spirit, I bind those spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. We are in your presence, dear God. We can make certain pronouncements. We can make certain proclamations. Satan, you are a liar. You were defeated, not yesterday, but 2,000 years ago, when he hung on the cross and said it is finished. He was declaring that you are finished. And here we are this morning. We want to affirm your defeat that you can never do anything. You can never disrupt God's plans in our lives. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we set loose whoever you may have traveled. We set loose whoever you may have made sick. We set loose whoever you may have upset. Satan, you are a liar. You are a thief. You are a destroyer. But there is a God that answers our prayers. And that is why the scripture says, when you come like a flood, God will raise a standard against you. We are raising a standard this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. May all the people that need whatever they need from you, dear God, at this moment, may you grant it, dear God. May you give it to them, dear God. There is nothing impossible with you. Certain things are impossible with me, but with God there is nothing impossible with God. May you grant them, dear God, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We declare this place a holy place. We declare this people holy people. We declare this people a delivered people. We declare this people a healed people in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Amen. As Brother Mutabe comes to minister for us, Amen.
Hallelujah. Yes, it is the power. It is victory over sin, purity divine. And it is the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know where would we be if it wasn't because of that power. If God didn't come and imparted that power into us. Uh, I greet you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And once more, it's a privilege to come here and speak to you. Uh, A marvelous privilege. And uh, once more, we'd like to thank the pastor for the opportunity to come and speak with you. And we hope that God is going to come and bless us. And uh, we know that he has never failed us. Each and every time we come asking uh, for blessing from him, he just came and blessed us abundantly. So this morning, without going further, I want us to just go into the business of the day, which is the word of the Lord. Uh, I would like us to read the scriptures that we read the last time. We'll start with Hebrews uh, 12, read the uh, first verse. Then we'll come to Romans 8, verse 11. Then from there we'll go to Acts uh, 1, and we'll read from verse 5 to 8. Amen. And may the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Uh, I see we've finished, I think we found the scripture. Now, in Hebrews uh, 12, verse 1, it reads this way. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the seeing which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patient race that is set before us. I think you still remember even the last time we discussed who this clause of witness away, that it was the heroes of faith in the, the previous uh, chapter, which is Hebrews 11. So we're just going to remember the last time when we talked, we didn't have time to go through them. We hope that by God's grace, this morning we'll be able to do that. And then let's go to Romans 8, and I will read um, uh, verse 11. And if found, it's, it reads this way. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. And let's read Acts. Uh, We'll read it from verse... um, Uh, we we'll read it from verse, verse, uh, uh, we'll read it from verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Lord, the Lord has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall also be witness unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria, and unto uh, the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. May we please close our eyes and then uh, uh, thank the Lord for his word. Dear Heavenly Father, we come this morning, Father, once more looking, Father, for you to come to speak to us. We know, Father, that you have come before and spoke to us. And when we did, Father, our hearts were bubbling with joy. 
And that experience the Heavenly Father has not left us. And we were just asked this morning for you to come and repeat the same experience. Be the one that is going to circumcise my lips, circumcise the ears of people who are going to be listening to you. Be the one, Father, that's going to open this scripture. Who else, Father, can we call except the author of the scripture to come and speak to us? Because, Father, we've looked at, uh, everywhere, Father. There's never been a man, Father, that could lay down his life and raise it. There's never been a man that could come, Father, and say something and prove it. But you, Father, you have proved yourself over and over again that you are the non-failing God, you are the unfailing God, you are the God, Father, that can never let us down. That each and every time we come looking for something from you, Father, you have come and blessed us. Whatever, Father, you have come looking for, Father, you have come, Father, and provided. Because you are Jehovah Jireh, you are Jehovah Rapha, you are the Jehovah or the, our banner. Each and every time, Father, we had diseases, Father, you are the one who came and healed us. That is why, Father, we, there was thanksgiving this morning, Father. The reason is because, Father, you are a living God. There are other gods, Father, that people serve, but there is none like you. You are the only God, Father, that we can come to ask and we receive what is the, whatever we are asking for. Pray, may you please, Father, this morning as we're going to speak to our children, bless the reading of their ways. Their hearts are bubbling in joy with anticipation, Father. May you please, Father, come and fill them up with your word. We pray, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Uh, we can take our seats. Amen. Uh, just, just to take a text, uh, we will also read um, Mark 16. Uh, I think you always know that that is the resurrection chapter. And I will read Mark 16, verse 1. So as you've read the scriptures, we are continuing on, on the same uh, topic we, we, we held on the last time, which is hidden power. But now we'll have a subtitle this morning. So let's just read and then we'll get a subtitle from there. And when Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they may come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came upon, upon, unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. Now, for a subtitle, you say, they say very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came to the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. Now, we know that when Jesus was dead, he stayed in the grave for three days and three nights. But on the third day, he was risen from the dead. Because the Lord says, I will never suffer my, my loved one to suffer corruption. That is why even before corruption set, God came and raised him up. So now, because the rising of Jesus was a quickening, was, was a quickening power, that, that means it was an impartation of a new life into him. That means on the third day, there was new life unto Jesus. That is why he was raised from the dead. Now our topic will be, life is in the third. Because Jesus was raised on the third day. And even Brad Bremen says, three is the number of life. <laughs> Amen. Perfection, which is life. So three is the number of life. So we'll also read some, some, some quotations just to confirm that. So our subtopic, our subtitle today is, Life is in the third. Now we'll see all the other areas whereby it was on the third realm, third stage, maybe even third occurrence, whereby life was imparted onto somebody. So we'll go on through that. So that will be our focus this morning. But for us to go on our main topic, I want us to read a quotation on uncertain sound. Uh, we'll read 
from the one that was preached by Brother Bram in 1955, uh, July 31. Then we read it from, we just want to read, because we read it before, we're just going to cut some of the things and just read the topic, just to get a topic there. He says, the man who possesses it, the woman who possesses it, oh, what a blessed person they are. Uh, if you can just have reflected, brother, um, and sit and sound, uh, preach in 1955, 55-0731, we'll read paragraph from paragraph 119, we'll read Paragraph 119 and 121. And may the Lord bless the reading of, the, of his word. Yes, I see the brother has found it. The man who possesses it, the woman who possesses it, oh, what a blessed person they are. No wonder David said they were blessed. The blessed person. Lay him up on the operating table and take. Try to cut that blessing out of him, you'll never find it. It is hidden power. It is a hidden something. You see here he says, it's a hidden power. But he comes again and he says, it is a hidden something. That means this, this hidden power can, can be many other things which we are going to talk about today. Amen? So, but he says, but it is, it is there. When you cut a person looking for it, you may not find it, but it is there. Yes. Even when a person comes and speaks, and it, it can be there on display, but you won't be able to find it, but it can be demonstrated that it is there. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Every man and woman that ever had it knew they got it. Yeah. You see, if you have got the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. you must know the, the day, the hour, mm -hmm. the minute, the second you received it. So every man that ever had it, they knew they got it. There is no uncertainty about it. That is why we read a spoken word here saying uncertain sound. That means you are certain. It is not a guesswork. No, <laughs> no sir. You can never go there and pretend that you're having it. You'll run into trouble. You know, the devil will run you off because he knows ah, this one is a man possessed with it. That one is a chance taker. <laughs> so let's, let's go for that one. So the more you come and pretend, you are just setting yourself for trouble. Because they will leave a man possessed with it and search for you. Hallelujah. Uh, I just lost. Uh... All right. Yes, he says. Every, there is no uncertainty about it. Every man that's born of the Spirit of God knows when he passed from death unto life. You see now, it is many things now. It is something that can pass you from death unto life. Amen. Knows the place, like I said, the hour and the minute. Now, Brother Brennan knocks on the pulpit six times. When death changed to life, when unbelief of the Bible changed to believe every word of it, when haughty, high-minded things passed to humble Christians, they know when death passed to life. Amen. Now we'll go to, we'll just skip the other one. 
and go to 121, because that is when we were basing our message on the last time. He says, Samson, he was a man possessed with. Now, the reason I've read this thing is that I want to show you that when you have this power, it's not your physical appearance. Because I think many of you have seen the pictures that they've shown about Samson, that they show him as a giant ripping apart the lions. But Baramena says, no, that is not how it does. He says, now a lot of people try to make Samson a great big soldiers, a great big man that go out, pick up the gates of the city and walk away. No, that's no. That is not no great mystery to me. To see a man can do that with soldiers like that. And even myself, I can say it. There are many giants who can do that. Is that a mystery? No, he's a giant. Goliath could have done it. That is not mystery. But now, if a man like Brother Mafagaza come with the jaw of a donkey, kills thousands of Philistines, comes, take a gate of a city, only soldier, walk around with it. No, then we can say there is something in that man. There is something that we can be afraid of in that man. We don't know what it is. That is why even the Philistines were even willing to pay Delilah to go and say, you know what, just ask him. Now, the first time he came there and asked him and he told her, told him, told her a lie. And the Philistine came running. Then he just woke up and he slaughtered all of them. Now he says, no, Samson, that means you don't love me. Why did you do that to me? You know, I asked you, because you, you don't love me, you, tell me the, uh, no, you didn't tell me the truth. Where is the secret of your power? Amen. Because why? It was something hidden. Mysterious. You could not touch it. You could not smell it. Amen. But you could see its effects. You could see it going on on action. With him, he could walk the talk. He could not just say, I have it. You could see him doing it. Amen. Now he says... The world can see it. Your actions, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm reading the wrong one. That man, that is no great mystery. Samson was not a big man. All the scriptures declare him to be a little shrimp, little bitty fellow, and he was blessed. Why? He, he says he was born that way. Amen. That is why as a child of God, you need to be born again. Now, because you need to be born that way for you to be able to be in possession of that power. Amen. Now, as we have just introduced our subject, now you, we remember even the last time we talked about Samson. Now, you will remember that even that power, it has to be demonstrated. That is why if you remember one day, except the word Samson did, there was the time when even the Philistines came and they go there and then they captured the, the ark of the Lord. They took it and put it in their temple next to their God, Dagon. <laughs> now, there was a Meribah there. Now, Meribah is a word that you can find in Exodus when the children of, of Israel were striving with Moses, striving for water. He, say, he called that place Meribah. So Meribah means quarreling. So today, if you don't get anything from me, at least know that I've given you a new word for quarreling. <laughs> Meribah. 
So there was a merry by in that place. That means there was a little strife. Yeah. Because nobody can fight with God. The ark of the Lord had God inside. Now there was another God. There were two forces. It was the power of God and the power of the devil. Those two can never be in one place. How can two walk together unless they agree? Already <laughs> Now, immediately when those two were there, something had to give. Now, when Dagon was there, they left him and they say, hey, yeah, no, we've captured. Now our God will deal with that God. Yes, they thought that way. They left in the morning. You know, the, the, the sign of respect that you can give to a king, you can kneel down. You are respecting the king. But if you come and you lay prostrate, that is the best sign of respect you can give to a king. If you come and you lay prostrate. So in the morning when they came, Dagon was not standing. Dagon was not on his knees. His hands were broken because his hands were like this. That is the God Dagon, how he was. His hands were broken. He was laying prostrate on the floor. Because now he had met another power. He had met another power that he could not stand up for. Amen. Now, because of that, he had to lay prostrate and worship. They are God. Yeah. <laughs> Worship your God. So who's the most powerful God now? Yeah. Amen. That is why we say, if you have it, there must be a demonstration of power. Yes. You cannot have it and be like, cry baby. No. Cry. No. Yes, you know, when Moses cried, God asked him, Moses, why cry? Speak. You know, when you have it, you have to speak. You, when you speak, Something's gonna give. Amen. Now, it is something different. It is something that will make the devil tremble. It is a seal. It is a life. And it is a mystery. That is what this hidden power is. Amen. Now, remember, when we were there, we talked about a vaccine. Because that was a message we were trying to put across there. That even a vaccine is the same. You can go there when you go to vaccinate. You will find it in a syringe. Even if, when you go there, depending on the which one you took, you'll find the, the next visit drawing there. Now, if you don't know, because of the medium that that uh, vaccine is in, you can actually think that they're just giving you water. Because it's just clear liquid there that they're injecting on you. But when they inject it, into you. That's when you'll be able to see the power of that vaccine. Looking at it, you, you can never be sure. Smelling it, you can't be sure. But it is when you take it on the inside, wherever you'll see that, is this vaccine working or not? Amen. Because it is hitting to the naked eye. But when you inject it, there's pain on the injection side. That's the first thing that will happen. Then there is swelling. And there is redness. Now, the moment those things happen, it shows you that now that vaccine is working now. In your blood system, right inside of you, where your life is. Remember, the blood is your life. Where your, blood, your life is, that vaccine is taking place. It is activating your immune system. It is there calling all the soldiers to come and fight this virus, this virus particle that is there. So that your body will be able to mount an immune response. Now, when we inject you, we don't give you a live vaccine, a live virus. No. We give you something similar. Particle, part of the virus, which is the, mostly the outer covering. Because we don't want you to have COVID. 
but we want the body to be able to, rem to remember that when something which is shaped this way, yeah. with this kind of receptors coming to me, then this is a danger. I must go call my antibodies, macrophages, all the cells of the body, interleukin 1, 6, you, you, they must come and mount an immune response to what? To come and what? Get rid of that virus. Now, that is how the vaccine works. But the potential is working. You don't see it with your naked eye. But when you have it and you've put it in, you can feel it. No, I've taken something here. Amen. Amen. Now, many medications have been tried. Uh, Ivermectin, people, they will always ask you about it. Chloroquine, alluvia, azithromycin, doxycycline, fiverin. This is the latest one we're using. But none of them had been proven to be as effective as this vaccine. With the vaccine, there's a lot of studies that have been studying this week in America. UK, even at Kreuterskir, they had received, they released some stats, which shows you that the number of people who are vaccinated, who you find that end up being sick, has drastically reduced. The most people now who are in the hospital are the unvaccinated. Because when you take a vaccine, there is less need for hospitalization, even if you get the virus. There is less chance of you needing the hospital less chance of infection, and a less chance of death. That means most of the death rates you experience are on the people who are not vaccinated. <laughs> I'm not a proponent or a advocate for vaccine, but we just want to give it effect. Then we can see what you can do with those facts. Amen. Now, this is the data that I have reviewed. Now, when they asked another lady who's the director at the Center for Disease Control, Mrs. Rochelle Valensky. She's a director, a doctor. And she said, the data shows this, that this is a further evidence of the power of vaccination. That is a direct quote. That there is power in what? Vaccination. And its results are what? They are clear to the, to the naked eye. The statistics are there. Yes, all the others, we've done there were researches on all these other medications. But they were never ever proven to be as effective as this vaccine. Amen. Now, vaccination has been and is hidden soldiers above other treatment. And I can tell you this morning that our Lord Jesus Christ is hidden soldiers above other gods. Yeah. Whatever God that may be there, he can never ever compare with him. Because he's a what? He's a Lord of Lords. He's a God of gods. That is why even God, Dagon, worships him. Because he was one. He is the God. Ella, 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 Elohim. The self-existing one. Before even people could think that there was a God, he was there, existing on his own. Now what more? Because each and everything that you see here on earth, he's the one who created it. He's the one who knows how to even. Now, the devil, when he came, he perverted. He could never create anything. He could just pervert. That is why there were Disease springing forth because he took a, a right thing, turned it into a disease. Now, if the God who created even the devil is there, is on your side, do you think the devil stands a chance? No, sir. <laughs> Amen. Now, nothing compared to him. That is regardless of, of, um, of whatever you may go through. You have to put your trust and your hope in him. 
And we hope and trust that he will be the one who's going to guide the doctors in the fight against this virus. He was going give to them, give them new ideas of how we're going to come and conquer this virus. That is your prophet. That is what we're saying. It is not me. It's a direct quotation that God must go there and guide the doctors to be able to find a cure for cancer. Even this day, we can also add to the same quotation and say, God must guide the doctors to be able to find the cure for this virus. He has done it before with the cell vaccine. When children were, were, were dying of, of, of poliomyelitis, now we, don't even, we hardly have any case here. Because why? God listened to the word of the prophet and guided the doctor to look for the cure. And they did. Amen. Now, um, so no other God has been proven to be more powerful and then more trustworthy than our God. And then uh, all I can say that we are all, all asking for his amazing grace in this time so that he will guide the doctors in this fight against this virus. And we know that if he guides us with his amazing grace, that he's guiding his children, he can take that amazing grace and guide those doctors as well. Amen. Now, when we spoke again, we spoke about Brother Brenham. That was the last time we were here. Now, we spoke in that land about him because he's the, our end time messenger. <laughs> You see now, I've read uh, some quotation from um, Paul, who's the, who's the messenger of the, first, of the Ephesian church age. And then also I've written a quotation from the messenger of the seven church age. The reason I'm saying this is because I want to show you that when we write about the, the heroes of faith in Revelation chapter 12, and about the cloud of, because a cloud is somebody who has passed, this is what they say, it didn't encompass, there's a cloud of witness of the deeds of these saints, what they did when they were alive. It is a testimony to us that God is still there. God is able. Now, I can also put it to you this morning that when we take those heroes of faith, when we take those clouds of witness, we can actually take William Marion Brenham and put him up there. If we can put Paul, we can put Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I think even the messenger of our age, the messenger of our time, he can be afforded the, the, the honor to be put up there. Because as I said, he said, you must go there and make sure that there is food. He, that means there is a message that he's going to preach. This is the message that we are feeding on now. And it is the same message that they have taken us from Laodicean church age. And it has taken us into the bright age. It has taken us into the eagle age. It, is, it has taken us into the capstone ministry. The same message that this William Marion Brenham has preached. We've shown you, even when you are here the last time around, of all the things that he has gone through. That showed that the power we are talking about, he was in possession of the same power. Amen. He could stop a raging bull. Hornets could come on him and he could direct them with love. Amen. You know, it's like I told you the last time. If a, a bee come on you, it is impossible, my friend, to speak to it with love. <laughs> no. There, there will be a shouting. There will be a screaming. But he, he said, when it came, I come and said, Hornet, I'm sorry that I have disturbed you. 
may you please just go back to your nest. Amen. And he says, they formed a beeline and followed that one up to there. And all, he says, he was shirtless because he was cutting grass and he was alone. And he says, they just left him. Not even one bite. He says, a hornet, if he can bite you, and you, you can actually die. But now imagine being calm. Why? It's because he was a man possessed with it. He was a man who had this hidden power in him. Amen. Now, what is it? What is this hidden power? Now, this hidden power is the seventh seal. It is the third pool. It is power of transformation. It is power of creation. Power of influence. It is the weight of the hour. It is power of restoration. It is the very same Holy Ghost that says, when you receive it, you will be enjoyed with power from on high. It is Christ himself. That means Christ, for you to have this power, Christ must come and be in you. You cannot get it from... That means you can never, Christ can never be there and you are here and you are, you are in possession of that power. No. He needs to be inside because it is something that is expressed from inside out. Amen. Amen. That is why the Bible says you must reflect the life of Christ. You reflect by him being in you. It says you must have the mind of Christ. How can you have the mind of somebody if that person is not in you? That means he must be in you. Amen. Now, it is the power that's going to give us rapturing faith. It is also quickening power. It is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And we've read here. If the, 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 the one that raised Jesus from the dead was able to come and he, he, the same one will be able to come and quicken your mortal bodies and give you the same quickening power that Jesus Christ has. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, remember, he's the head of the church. We are the body. That means when he died, we died with him. When he, 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 he rose up, what did we do? We rose up again with him. Amen. Now, when God sent Jesus Christ to suffer the death of the cross, the reason, main reason was to reconcile all things to him, whether those things are in heaven or on earth. And because it took, it was a blood issue. Actually, that formed the chasm in that cycle of eternity. It needed a blood again to come and restore that cycle. Now, that is why a blood had to be shed. Now, it needed a blood of an innocent one. Because remember, the blood of bulls we said the whole time, they failed. They could just, there is a person who has the blood of, who was saved by the, who, whose sins were, were forgiven by the blood of a bull, could come even next week with another chicken to be slaughtered. <laughs> because there was no regeneration inside. But when Jesus died, there was a new birth. Not only did he die, but he came and gave you a new birth and make you a new creature. A new creature in what? In Christ. Amen. So it was a blood issue that separated the first Adam from God. Now it needed another issue, blood issue to come and reconcile us back. Amen. Now with the shedding of this blood and this reconciliation, we were reunited with God and then we had to shave. Now, remember now, when Jesus died and rose, 
He, he gave us his life. Gave us his power. And there were also other benefits that came with it. Now, that means the, the benefit of salvation came with it. The benefit of healing came with it. You see, if you, there's something that you were lacking, it came with that. There was nothing that was amiss. That means when God restored and reconciled you, he restored you everything that, you see, everything that Adam lost there. Yeah. Remember, Adam was the lowest creation. Uh, that's, that's what Brother Bram will read that in, in the Garden of Eden because he was the last thing that was created. But when he, he, he lost dominion in the in Garden of Egypt, God took that, that book, the book of life, so that, the, so that it, the devil could never get hold of him. Now he had to come and restore the same thing back to us. Yeah. That is what Jesus was here for. Amen? Amen. Right. Now the purpose of the dead of the cross was to give you a new life. The life or Zui, that is the life of God. Not just an ordinary life, but that means we had to come, take off your life, and then the one life that's going to be in possession of you will be the life of Christ. The life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The life of God inside of you. Amen? Now, as you see, because of that, the people will not accept Jesus Christ because he suffered so much. No. It was to make them, and they could not even accept him because they were feeling pity of him. No. It was because, it was to make us partakers of the promise of eternal life. That is the reason why you accepted Jesus. To be partaker, amen, of the promise of eternal life. You understand? So that he can transform us to new creatures through the new birth. And moreover, to impart the power of God, the power of his word, all his promises into us. Amen. And then uh, even to we, we people who receive the, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not there for people to feel pity for us, maybe to be like armor capsules, you know, people who can say, no, you know, these people, poor people of God. No. When we accepted Jesus Christ, we had to demonstrate and manifest power. The reason why Paul says, I, I did not come with you with words of wisdom, but I came to you with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. You understand? That means if you are in possession of this, you must come and demonstrate. Because there is a life of Christ in you. You must manifest it. You must show it. Amen? Then you see, what you need to do is that you need to have power and humility. As ironic as it is, humility and power. You shouldn't have arrogance and weakness. I've seen many people who are like that. A person is weak and he's arrogant. He's on a wheelchair. You try to help him and says, who said I needed to be helped? <laughs> he wants to cross the street. He can't walk. You ask him, can I help you? He's weak. But there is still a spirit <laughs> of arrogance inside. Now you shouldn't be dead. You understand? And I can tell you, God is not weak. His children cannot be weak. Remember, you are in possession of a strong God. The most powerful creature on the universe. Okay, Brother Bremen says, when Jesus Christ was given power, he was given that power without measure. But when we received that power, it was given to us with measure. 
but now I can give it to you, put it to you this way. That power, if it's an of Jesus that he had, it's like an ocean full. And then yours, the power that you're going to receive, it's like a teaspoon full. But now, you mean the water that is in the teaspoon and the water that is in the ocean, is it different? It is the same thing. Whether it's in an ocean full place or in a teaspoon full, it is still the same power. So it must what? It must manifest. It must demonstrate. Amen. Remember, he was, he, he was the God, he was the, he was the manifestation of the Godhead bodily. But we, we have him in parts. That is why we only have a teaspoonful part of him in us. But it is the same power. You understand? It is the same life. It is the same thoughts. It is the same thinking. Now, that means when you have it, you have to show him that you really have Christ. That is why they say you are Christians. That means you are, you are Christ-like. You understand? Because you possess Christ in you. Amen? Amen? Now, it means that when you are confronted with situation, you need to be confident. You know? You need to be like uh, jo- uh, Peter and John and says, such as I have, I give it to you. But now remember, you can never give what you don't have. You need to be able to have something to give out something. If somebody needs life, for you to be able to impart life into that person, you need to have that life to give. Amen. Because it says, greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. So what is it that you need? What is it that you still lack? You have everything. Amen. Because they have something. That is why Peter and Paul, Peter, Peter and John can say, look unto us. You know, when they went into that gate called Beautiful, and I found, you know, it was ironic that here is a gate called Beautiful, and here is this man crippled on the gate called Beautiful, begging. Now, when they came, they, he thought they were going to give him some money, but he said, no. Mine or gold, silver or gold, we do not have. But such as we have, we give it unto you. Such power that we have, the power of healing. Take off your, your, your bed and go. The man, because they had it. No, they, 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 they were not bluffing. <laughs> they had it. They said, take out your bed and go. Amen. Because they had the omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient God in them. Amen. Peter was full of power. And it was, it was, when you look at him, remember these men were hardened men, uneducated, fishermen. They were not desirable to look at, but when they spoke, because they had something. Remember that time when Brother Mafagaza was preaching for us and he said he went to a funeral. And then he started saying, hey, let me just add something there. <laughs> and he started saying, um, you know, the dimensions. We have the first and second dimension. Uh, this is the where we are. It is time, light, and matter. That is where we are. Then we have the fourth dimension, which is where the sound waves are. We have the fifth dimension, which is hell. Then we have the sixth dimension, where the saints are. You know, those methodists, I don't know. Were they methodists, brother? Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah Witness, yes. Those brothers were taking a bed because 
Now, here is a man possessed with it. Dishing it out. You know, when you, you, you are in possession of it, when you start talking, yeah, people will just want you to continue to talk. Because there is something, there is a life in you. There is something in you that you are talking. You are not just talking. You know, there are people who just talk. And we just get tired to say, ah, oh, this man, no. <laughs> this man, can't, why is this man just keep on talking? Can't he give us a chance? But when that one speaks, we all want to listen. We all want to get closer. Because of what he is dishing out. It is a life. That is why we say it is the life of Christ. Now, when you have it, you must what? You must demonstrate. You must go there and impart. That is why you say go there and preach to every creature. That means the life that I've given you, impart it into others. Hallelujah. Now, like I said, Peter, he was not educated. No, he was not desirable to look at. But his words were empowering. You understand? That, and that should be us today. <laughs> because we have it with us. The same power that Peter has. He said, go there and wait in Jerusalem. And you will be enjoyed with that power from on high. And it is the same power that we have. Amen. Now, that is why even with a vaccine... I'm sorry to go back to it. You see, with a vaccine, you can take it and then um, use it as a sanitizer. It's not going to help you. You can take it and fumigate around with it. <laughs> it's not going to help you because that is not what it is intended to do. It's supposed to be inside. That is why we say life is in the fair. It must be inside of you. Amen. It must be there to demonstrate. If you take it and you wash with it, it's like you're washing with the water, brother. <laughs> if you fumigate with it, alcohol is better. You should have used alcohol to fumigate that area. Because it is not its intended purpose. Even God, when he, after, that is why we have the Father above the Father in Christ, and the Father in us. The main purpose for him was to reconcile with men, but not only reconcile, be in him, in that man. Amen. That is why now I'm getting ahead of myself a bit, but that is why if you, 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 you look at the Israelites, they had a problem. They had a huge problem because it was the pillar of fire by day, pillar of clouds by night. But it was not in them. Yes. That is why each and every time they had a problem, they, they will remember Egypt. <laughs> because why? Whatever was leading them was up there. And they were here. You understand? Even the disciples had a problem. Because whatever was, was leading them was with them. But not in them. You see, life is in the third. That means for you to manifest the life of Christ, it must be in you, inside. Hallelujah. Uh, I want us to read another quotation, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, we'll read uh, paragraph um, 188. If you can just flash it for us, brother. So you see now, that vi- the vaccine for it to work, 
it must be, it must reach the bloodstream where it's supposed to work, where the life of a person is. Your blood is your life. You lose your life, you are dead. Yes, that is why normally if you die, if you lose your life, if you are bleeding, we want to stop the bleeding. Amen. Even, that means it is important for you, for, the, for you to, you can breathe, you can never breathe, you, are not, you don't have blood. Because blood is the chemical that transports all the mediums, the, the oxygen that you need in your body. Okay, let me speak a bit about the vaccine again. The reason the vaccine works is this. When it goes there inside your body, it diminishes, that is why normally we, 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 the people are being urged to go and vaccinate because, so that we do not have other mutations, other viruses. The reason is, if you are vaccinated, it's not, it does not mean that you're not going to get the virus, but the virus will have less time inside your body to be able to mutate. It will have less time in your body to be able to go into your lungs and cause you to be sick. Now, when you take the virus, that is why you could get rid of a disease if the vac people vaccinate. That is why smallpox, um, polio were eliminated. Because why? There were less people to host it until it, what? it was gone. That means when we, we, we want you to vaccinate, we're looking for you to have what we call herd immunity. The number of people whereby when you, they are vaccinated other people will be protected because the virus will not have time to, to, to circulate in that population. Amen. Now here he says, Brother um, Bremen, in Hebrews, um, Hebrews uh, chapter 4, let me just open. Uh, he says three is the number of life. How many knows that? Congregation says amen. He says Every time you see three, it's life. Notice when God created the earth, on the third day was life. Yes. We will go on to that to explain to you why was it life on the third day. How many knows that? The third day, there came life on the third day of creation. That is why we say life is in the third. Amen. Now, if we can go on this thing about the life is in the third. We all know about the third pool. We have the first pool. We have the second pool. We have the, th the third pool. Now, the third pool, is, its purpose was to impart life of Christ in us. And uh, we know that Brother Bram has taught us that the third pool is the seventh seal. Now, it, it being the seventh seal, that means the third pool brings Christ down to earth. And I bring him Christ down to earth. Remember the brethren, the way he thought that earth means you. That is why when there was, a, when there was silence in heaven, there was a, a happening here on earth. In that half hour of silence, something was taking place here on earth. Why? It was God going there and calling out his bride. Yeah, they were marveling what's happening. But here on earth, something was happening. Because now Christ was coming down to earth which is men. Hallelujah. Now, the reason I'm coming here is that I want you us to go through the same vision. Remember, how many remember the tenth vision? Amen. Okay. The tenth vision uh, is, is, remember, when Brother Brenham was given the first, second, and third pool, the first pool was for healing. Yes. The second pool was for discernment and prophecy. The third pool 
it was a mystery. Because now the problem with, with Brother Branham is that when he was told about the, the first and second pool, you know how Brother Branham is. He liked to share. He would go there, tell each and everybody. Now there was lots and lots of impersonation about it. And that upset God. Now there is why when Brother Branham was preaching the seventh seal, he would say, well, you know, I feel checked. Because the angel of the Lord didn't want him to reveal. But you remember now, it was the revelation of the seventh seal. Because why was he saying, I feel checked that I shouldn't say it? It's because it is an individual affair. That is why he says you must meet Melchizedek one time. That means you, as much as I have met Melchizedek, you also. Why? It is an individual affair. Now, with the tent vision, what was taking place was that Brabham was having a tent, a big tent. And then uh, having that big tent, there were congregants. It's like they were having a conference or some, something. And in that big tent, there was a small room there. Now, he says there were people there making a queue going into that small room. Now, remember, we have the first, we have the second, we have the third pool. Now, when people who were making the altar call there, some with crutches, there was a man who had, were having crutches. He going there, exited on the other side of the door. When that man exited, he was no longer having crutches. He was whole. But what was happening there, it was between him and whoever it was in there. Now, Brabrandum, when he was having that ten vision, he says, the pillar of fire, you know what it is. He saw it move out and go into that room. And then the people go there, threw it out, changed. You see, that is why we say it's a mystery. <laughs> it's an individual aspect. That's the third pool. And he says, I will meet you in there. That means even you, God wants to meet you in there. Yes. Hallelujah. The third pool ministry, third pool secret is between you. It's a, it, you know, it's a revelation. Amen. I cannot give you my revelation. <laughs> you must have your own revelation. That is why that person came there shouting. Everybody was saying, what happened? Yeah. It is between him and... And the, 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 and the person that he was there with. It is not for you. It's for, now for you to experience the same thing, what must you do? Hallelujah. <laughs> you must go in as well. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So it was not a public show. It happened in a secret place, in a secret chamber. That is why when God was there, when the secret, the, 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 it was like he was, mis I don't know if there's a quotation, but it was like he was whispering mysteries to the bride. Because why? It was between him and the bride. You understand? It was not between him and everybody. That is why it was a whisper between you and the person. And who are you? You are his bride. So he's whispering ministries and mysteries to you. But for you to have, you have to believe. You have to know, know it and accept it. You have to know that it is not the revelation of the sixth seal. It is the revelation of the seventh seal. Even though it is not revealed, it is revealed. It is just that you need to have it revealed to you. That is why even there on the spoken word, he says it, on the, it, it, he says it was an interpretation that flew. It was like a flying interpretation. He says, there was one 
that my eyes was focusing. And that one came and flew into me. That was the seventh seal. That means it must be between you and God. Hallelujah. Now, you see now? Life is in the third. You can have the third pool. Yeah, we can, we can go there, uh, heal you. Uh, you're having maybe pneumonia. Tomorrow you might die of cancer or something. You might go into the second. We might prophesy for you. Tell you how everything's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that you're going to enter. You have to have the third pool. You have to have Christ in you for you to what? To end. Because that is life. That means you must have the life of Christ in you. Amen. Because why? God is calling out his pride. Now, where there is a, a call, there must be a response. Then who are you supposed to respond? Is the you who's called? Yes. Who you see, I don't want to go on predestination. But you, God knew when he brought this mission, who was going to because he's he's a he's a big, he's an omnipotent being. He knew who was going to receive it. No, God wants you all to be saved. But being God <laughs> through predestination, he knew who was going to receive this message. Who was not going to receive it? Who are going to think that it's fables? Other things, when we speak this thing, they think, hey, this man is crazy. <laughs> what is he talking about? Third pool. What is that? Yeah. But you, because there is a connection. <laughs> you, you know, when he went there and he met that Samaritan woman, Brabram says it was like there was a stone. It was like a magnet that came there and, co- and connected with that woman. And then when that woman, when he starts speaking to him, he says, eh. you know, they said when Christ comes, he will reveal everything. Even you, when we speak these things, it's like Christ has come to you and he revealed everything to you. Amen. Now, um, life is in the third. Now, the purpose of God was to be one with men. Remember, it was, he was one with, with, Adam, with Adam. But when sin came there, and then, uh, the, the fellowship that he had with men was broken. Now Jesus Christ was here to restore that fellowship, to reconcile us back to God. Amen. Now, it's like I've said to you now, that when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they had a problem. You see, not having God in you is a problem. It's a big problem because you can never have faith unless it's in you. I mean, do you think you, yes, I know you'll say, Marie, it's because I know. If you are there and then you could see the things that was happening to the Egyptian, would you want to go back there and leave the God who has rescued you, who has, who has come there and rescued you from that slavery that you were in? No, sir. Mara, because it was something that they were looking at it was not in them. You know, they could see Moses. You know, there was a time when God came to Mount Sinai and he said, um, Moses, tell the people that they must sanctify themselves. I'm going to come and speak to them today. Oh, God came, descended on Mount, Mount, Mount Sinai. There was thunder. There was lightning. There was earthquake. 
goodness. Now, remember now, when this was happening, Moses was going there. Why? Because I think Moses had a burning bush experience. Yeah. They did not. For them, it was something scary. They're like, oh, well, Moses, you see now this. Oh, I mean, we're going to die here. We are asking you, maybe just tell him to speak to you. Yeah. Then when are you will speak to us. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, there was, the, the earth was rattling. God had descended there. Yeah. But because of they did not have him, him. They, they could see a, a fearful thing happening there. Because he was not in them. Now what they had, they had faith, they had fear in them. No faith. But Moses, because he knew that God, within, with a thundering, lightning, he went there and took out those two stones, which are the Ten commandments. But the people said, no ways. Oh, this, you mean when he speaks, this what happens? Oh, we're gonna die, Yemus. See <laughs> No, Moses. I agree, you say he speaks to you, he told you. Continue, brother. We will just be there. But he wanted them closer. That's as much as he wants you closer to him. He didn't want, you know, you know, when a message is taken from somebody and I give it to Brother Mafagaza and he gives it to the pastor, the message is distorted. God didn't want any distortion. He wanted to have a one-on-one with his people. As much as he has, he wants to have a one-on-one with you. Amen. Now, life is in the third. That is why we find that people who were there when God was a father as a pillar of fire, they didn't have life. That is why the Bible says they all perished. They all died in the wilderness due to unbelief. And even people who were there with his disciples, you remember there was a time when he came and he says, um, would you come and drink my blood and my flesh? Uh, if anybody who doesn't do that has no life in him. Hey. I was like, oh, well. uh, this is too hard now. Now we're in Narijama, we're eating, oh, sorry, I'm speaking my vernacular now. We're eating bread and fish, it was nice. Yeah. Now this man wants us to eat him. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? And the word of God says they left him. And one by one they left him until he was left with the twelve. And he came and says, out of the twelve, one of you is the devil. <laughs> that means now he was left with eleven. Now, if you look at this, it's like, I, Mara, Jesus, why Mara is he chasing people? Kandi, he doesn't want the church. Mara, why? He wanted people that he knew that he would have a place in them. You understand? He was what? He was safe. One by one. Until why? He get to the predestinated few that he needed. And you find that even those ones, he, will, he tells them to what? To go to Jerusalem. Wait. No, brother. You know there was a time when they say the, the seventy, the, those ones that left. When he says, "You can, you for you to have a life, you must eat my blood and eat my flesh." Well, before they left, he sent them and say, "You, you guys go and minister there and pray." Mm-hmm. Hey, they came back and say, "I, I know, Jesus, I, it's working." Yeah. You know, ah, we just go there, we pray. The devil runs. He says, "Hey, brother, wait." Be happy that your day, your name is written there in heaven. You understand? Now he says to these ones, wait. Go to Jerusalem and wait there until you are enjoyed with power from on high. And the Holy Spirit has come to you. That means it was his purpose because he knew 
Me with being with them is a problem because I'm not in them. Now I here to go and take another office of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit, whereby he will be able to come and impart himself in them. That was the main thing. Those 11, those, those are there because Judas Iscariot was the devil. <laughs> so those 11 and others that still went there. He went there and says, wait, because I want you to have this hidden power. Now when you see here, it's obvious. But now I want to be in you so that I can do my work through you. That means you must be my extension. You understand? So that I can do more with you inside because now it will be what? He'll be in Brother Mavagas, he'll be in the past, he'll be in Brother Mpanyani, he'll be in Brother Dipadi. You see, it's more, but it is the same God. Amen. Now you see now, life is in the third. During the first time when he was the father, uh, as a pillar of fire, when he was the son, Jesus Christ, there was no life in them. They had to have the Holy Ghost. That is why he says, this, um, uh, this uh, hidden power, it is the Holy Ghost. Because now, when Peter, Peter, remember, even the, the cock crew three times, Peter denying Jesus, our, and I don't know that man. Yes, no, no, yeah, I was just part and parcel of the people who were just there when he was moving around. But me, I'm not, I'm not part of him. You know, I was just moving. But when he was endowed with power from on high, he was a different somebody. He says, you men, the same men who are calling him, he says, you men, you must come and be baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. He was brave. He was a new person. He was a new creature. Something had taken place in him. Hallelujah. Now, even to show you that life is in the set. When a baby is born, there is a first stage, second stage, and third stage. The life, the baby will only have life in the third stage when he's born. Now, you'll find that during the other stages, there will be murmurings. You know, like the Israelites when they were in the Egypt, first stage. They were murmuring. Wilderness, murmuring. But when they reached the third, the Canaan, there was joy. That is why even Caleb could come and say, give me my mountain. Right. Others will say, ah, oh, well, those people are giant. He says, hey, that's my place there. That's my place. Wherever my foot treads, that's my position. Give me my mountain. But there in Egypt, they were saying, hey, Oh, you, Moses, you, you mean uh, no water? No, it's three days. Can't you want to kill us with the uh, with, with size? Uh, no. Huh? Why did you take us from Egypt? Mamari. Mara, in there, they were eating the fruit of the land. Right. Why? They were in Canaan. Amen. Now, even when the baby is born, you know, there is an anticipation. There is that moment when there is silent. The baby has come out. Why? Because the baby must become a living soul. That baby must take its first breath. You see, when that moment comes, all the complainings come, stops. The mother is looking at the doctor. The doctor is looking at the nurse. The nurse is looking at the doctor. Because no doctor is in control of that process. God must come and impart life. Hallelujah. Life is in the set. God must be the one imparting life in that child. We can spank him. We can shake him. 
we can never give that child life. No, don't be a still path. Die in Egypt. Dying in the wilderness. You must enter into the promised land. You understand? You must reach that third stage where life is. Amen. You know, Jesus rose on the third day. <laughs> that there's no more proof more than that. On the third day, he defeated what? The trinity of the devil, which is death. That means when he, he, he rose, death was defeated. Hell was defeated. Grave was defeated. You understand? To show you that life is in the third. Amen. Now, I want us to, I don't know how time. Oh, <laughs> amen. I think run, time is running away from us. But I think we, yeah, we just have a few things, then we will be done. Um, now, one of the things that we said this um, hidden, that this, uh, brother, it is hidden power. Uh, that is the topic, not hidden life. <laughs> hidden life is another topic. Maybe we'll get the time to speak on that one. It is hidden power. Now, this hidden power, we say it is what? Creative power. You understand? It is a power of transformation. Um, that is why when we read there, he says, life came through in, on, the third, on the third day of creation. Because on the first day, what happened was that Jesus came and said, um, let there be, he came and, uh, let's read it. Uh, it's Genesis 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Full stop. And the earth was void, was uh, without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, there is God creating the heaven and the earth. Now, where Brabram says, the full stop shows that it was a process. Even though God created the heaven and the earth, it took Millions, sometimes on other spoken words, he'll say hundreds of millions of years. On other spoken words, he'll say millions of millions of years. On others, he'll say trillions of years. Because he says, it does not matter how long it took. The fact is, he did it. Mara, let's hear now, let's go to uh, spoken word question and answer. The one that was preached in 1953, 07-29. All right, okay. Now, with creation, God was showing the power of creation. And the trans you know, to transform is to change something to another, to another form. The same thing. So it was, that is why now you are saying the same, the same earth was there. But darkness was upon the face of the deep. The deep was the ocean, water, that was covering the earth. But God was busy and busy going them with his word, molding it, transforming it, creating. Creating is, is to form something from nothing. But to transform is to change something like this. It used to be a tree, but now it is transformed. Exactly. It is now a pulpit. Now, this, whatever took place here is a what? It is power of transformation. Because that is, it, this is not the original way this thing was. Amen. Okay. 
So he says he, he was in other words, Adam, the first man in the lower creation of God. That is what I said. That he was the lower creation of God. Not that Adam was lower. No, it's because he was, Adam was created last. Remember, Adam was created on the sixth day. Yes. But one thing that I want to bring you is that he says the first creation was God himself. Remember, he was El Ella Elohim. The self-existing one. He was not God then. Because he, uh, God is a what? There was nothing to worship him there. Now, when he became God, Brother Bram says, he created himself first to be a God. Maybe I think I would think that he, that's when he got the angels to come and worship him. That's when he became God. Then he says, then out of God came the logos, the wet body, the theophany. He says, that was the son of God. You understand? Which was the son of God. Then out of the logos, which was the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Out of the logos came forth the man. You see? God, logos, man. He doesn't go say God, logos, chimpanzee. Uh, no. We are not. Chimpanzees are not our ancestors. No. Uh, uh, our ancestor, God. That is why when he created man, he says, let us make. He was speaking to this logos when he says, let us make man in our own image. Now, what is the image of God? It's a spirit. That is why the first man that was created was a spirit man. That is why in Genesis 2, the same man now is created. There is a soil made and the same man is put in so that he can do what? Till the ground. Now he says, let's, uh, uh, 24, he says, let's go back a hundred of millions of years before there ever was a star, moon, or anything in the world. Now there was a time when there was nothing here. It was just all forever. Who was there now? It was this El Ella Elohim. You know, to self-exist, <laughs> you don't know the power it takes for you to self-exist. None of you here can self-exist. They, because you, you are a creation. The self-existing one is the one that created everything. Now he says, let us go there. Uh, now there was a time when there was nothing. And all over an eternity was God. El Ella Elohim. He was there in the beginning. Now let's go here on the edge of this banister and look over and see what things happening. <laughs> now you see the way the prophet explains it. You go there on Genesis. You read it. You have to come to the prophet to understand it. Why? Because when he says, let's go back. <laughs> Being a prophet, you know there was some time when he says, let's go into the backside of the mind of God. He was able to do that here to tell us how creation took place. Amen. The reason I wanted to write you so that you understand that whatever is written, it's not, it is the Bible made clear. Amen. And he said, let's go on the edge of the banister. Now, no man has seen the Father. No man has seen God in body because God is not in body form. God is a spirit. All right. No man has seen the Father, but the only begotten of the Father has declared him. Now notice, there is nothing. There is just space. There is no light. There is no darkness. There is no nothing. It just seems nothing. But in there is a great supernatural being, Jehovah Jehovah, Jehovah God, who covered all space, all places at all time. He was from everlasting to everlasting. He was the beginning 
of the creation. Now, there's there's somewhere where the the brother Benham says, Jesus Christ was the beginning of the creation of God because he was made into a body that was put in the, the, into the there is why the, the, into the, the, the womb of Mary. He was the beginning of the creation of God that we can see. Because we could not see him. Amen. Even this son that is the Logos, we could not see him. Amen. <laughs> this is why we say, but the pastor has taught us many times about the Godhead. About the, how the transition of Jesus from being Jesus to being Jesus Christ. How when he died, the spirit left him. You understand? Why? Because he was a man. Mara Melchizedek, <laughs> this is why when he says Melchizedek was this Logos. Because he was not created. Melchizedek is the same one that came then visited Adam. And it was, uh, now I'm going on to something else now. When he visited Abraham, there were three people. The Abraham, being a prophet, saw them descending from heaven. And they take up a body. They created a body for themselves. Those three. It was God and those three angels. Now, life is in the third. The two left to go to where? So, so, so. Then the third one, the one that he bowed to and said, Lord, the one that has life, the one that has hidden power, is the one that remained there with Abraham. And he said, when he was there, he said, when according to the time of life, when I come, you see, life. <laughs> when he was there, he was alive. He, there he was with Abraham, who was what? 75 when he spoke to him. Sarah was 65. I can tell you, you, you brothers, I'm, I'm telling you, don't try it. Don't go to a doctor when you are 75 and your wife is 65 <laughs> and say you want a baby. Ah, we're going to take you to a sanatorium. But here is life. Elohim, Melchizedek, the Logos, Theophan, coming, coming to Abraham and saying, According to the time of life, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, we call Abraham the father of faith because now he was what? 75. When, when did he get the son? He was, he was just almost, if I remember, 20 years later. 25 years later. He was 100, yes. He was 100 when he got it. <laughs> now you are 75. Now you have to wait another 25. That is why we call him the father of faith. But because he saw, you see, brother, you must see him. (laughs) He saw him entering him at Abraham. He saw him. He was sure. You know, his faith was clinched because he knew who he was speaking to. He knew who promised him. It was not a guesswork. He knew that whoever promised him has a power to fulfill the promises that he promised him. Amen. Amen. So he knew it. Even if he was going to be another 50 years, Abraham knew that he was not going to die until that one has fulfilled his word. Because he what? He saw him. (laughs) Now let's speak a little bit about the vaccine again. When God took up a body, entered into the body there to visit Abraham. Abraham went there and took out the fattest lamp, slaughtered him, took out the cake, baked it for God, Melchizedek, baked it there. You know what did he do? 
He ate. Melchizedek ate. I mean, I'm God. Why should I eat? Why should I eat? I'm God. It's like the other Christian who says, why should we take the vaccine? <laughs> God, they ate. Being God. Now, God says, you know, give what Caesar is, what is Caesar, give Caesar what is Caesar's. You understand? God, when he was in a body of flesh, which he created, I mean, he could just exit at this and say, ah, my friend, I don't want your food. I'm God. You want to feed me? I must feed you. But he says, eh, where is the food? That fetus lamp. He ate. He partook. Now, with you now, the vaccine is here. You have God in you. Just give Caesar's what is Caesar's. Yes, you have God in you. We know that. But God, being God, he ate. What about you? Why do you have to receive, refuse the vaccine if God ate? I mean, he was a God. You would have said, no. Our, me, Abraham, I'm going to multiply your cattles, everything. Why spare that small one? Why should you give me that thing? I don't need it. I'm God. I I'm a creator of everything. You see? <laughs> that is what even Abraham says. Before he was preaching, when he was preaching, the, um, the message of the, is the rising of the sun. He says he was there in his room waiting while he was thinking about the message that he was going to give to the people. And his arm was sore because he had just received some jabs. Because he, he, yellow fever, all cholera, all these things. He was vaccinated for yellow fever. So his arm was sore from taking what? A vaccine. Our pastor, I mean. The prophet took a vaccine. He says what? Give what Caesar's is Caesar's. And give God what is God? You know, you know people, people, you must understand. We're not saying the vaccine will save you. No. You are just being responsible. God is the one that saves you. Amen. 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 Now, you see, now, life is in the third. The third one, who Abraham addressed as what? Lord. Came and what? And imparted life into Abraham. And he said, his son, his wife is going to receive what? A son. <laughs> oh, I just got lost off track now where I was. Okay. Now, it was just in passing, that one. Now, God, through the power of creation, he, he said, um, uh, let there be light. Remember, the, the person who was doing that was the son. It was the Logos who said, let, be light. let there be light. Now, he says, when he did that, an atom broke. And he started willing for million, million of years. And that's how the sun came into being. And from the sun came the earth. There was not like another crinkle. Something coming out of that, of that ball that was the sun. Which they, then he says that God was writing his first Bible. The zodiac. Because it was the sun. There were stars that were going forth. The earth, everything. Then he said, God did that with his what? Word. Now, this is where we come to our topic now, that your word has life. That means you must be careful of what you are saying. So I'm trying to shift something because I see the time is not on our side. Your life can either destroy or build. Because you can see now, just with the word, God said, let there be light. There was the sun, then from the sun there was the the, 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 the earth came, the moon, Jupiter, Mars, all these galaxies were formed from just one word. Then he came and then he says, okay, this looks good. 
I like it. Let's go further. Now he went there and then he's what? He, that was the first day. And when he says, then in the second day he came, uh, I just want to have my notes here to refer to. Then yes, he created the sun and the earth. And on, on the second day he created the heavens. And then uh, on the third day, that's when he created what? Botany life. That was life. That is why we say life is on the third. That means he, he created help giving, help uh, uh, forming trees, fruit trees, yielding fruit. Amen. Grass. He formed it. But now before he did that, he had to do what? He formed the heavens and the earth. Then he had to go there and separate that water that covered the earth so that there will be a place, a dry land, whereby those, 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 those uh, plants will grow. Amen. And then while doing that, he was, he, it was what? Everything that God did was in order. For you to dry up the land, you needed the power from the sun. God created the sun first. That is why Brother Ram says, in the, it is the rising of the sun. The one Jesus Christ rose up, it was a greater awakening than it was there in the Garden of Eden. Because the S-O-N, the sun that was, has risen. And with him, the seed, all the seed that Christ have put on earth, we're going to have what? To be regenerated. To, gem, to be geminatized. You understand? Because why? There was an S-U-S-O-N. Even here, we're talking about the S-U-N. That is why you could never have plants, botany life without the sun. You can never have, have life without the S-O-N. You need the S-O-N in you to have what? Life. Amen. Then, from there, every, because now you remember now, it is the food chain now. That is God is forming here. You have botany life. You have marine, marine life, fish. They need plants to live. So you cannot form fish and form grass later or plants later. You understand? That is why then even birds, he also formed marine life. That is, birds are ornithological life. <laughs> so students, we are teaching something here. <laughs> you must listen. Ornithology is the study of birds. So that ornithological life also God created. That was on the fifth day. On the sixth day, he made, they came and created mammalian life. That is the cattle, the, the lion, the horses, everything. Then he kept on also created hepatological life. Those are the creeping things, snakes, all of the rest. But you see now, the last person he formed was what? Man. Man is on top of the food chain. That is why you needed to form the, the, the highest order of formation when we come on earth was man. The others all depend on him. That is why even now, I can tell you, if you have a dog and a dog kills a man, you know what's going to happen to that dog? Yeah, you're right, brother. That dog is going to be shot because there's no animal that can kill man because man is the highest order. You understand? If a, a man kills a dog, yeah, yeah, he will pay damages. Yeah, maybe if, if he can afford it. But if a dog kills a man, that dog will be put down. You understand? Because why? The food chain is what? Plants, it is fishes, it is um, birds, then it is cattle, then uh, lions, then men on top. Amen. Now God created all of this. Amen. Now let's go back. He said, let there be light. 
When he said, let there be light, he created everything just by the power of the spoken word. That is why we say, even with you, when you speak, your life is a spoken word. Your, your, your words are spoken word. This is why this one I'm directing to parents. Parents, you must be careful of what you say to your children. Because your weight can either build them or even cripple them. Yes, it can. Because your weight to them is life. You might say something now. You know, it's like God. When he said, let there be light. It took trillions and millions of years. But ultimately, there was life. Even with you, you might say something now. It will take years and years. And you see the effect of it then. You understand? So you, we as parents, we must be, what? Be careful. Because now we, our job is to nature, to protect, to raise, and also to what? To teach. Amen? That is the what parents must do. The reason I'm saying this is because I've come across many parents. They come and they speak to me. And then um, you, find, you find out that they... They come with children and say, uh, you know, this child of mine is uh, That means the child has a lung condition. <laughs> that means even before the child can do anything, already the child is crippled by the fact that he has a lung condition. The moment anything happens, yeah, you know, be careful. Ne? You have a lung condition when... Yeah, you, you will go, you will get sick. That child, you, are, you see now, you are imparting something into the child that the child is sickly. You understand? The child has a disease which we, as a dog, we say, oh, Amar, who told you now? You, the mother, you, you have given him this disease of a lung disease. Which we, as a parents, when we go there, we cannot find. We, as doctors, when we go there, we can't find. Amen? Why? Because you are, you are, you are building... Your words, and now you find that the child becomes what sickly because the mother is saying it's sickly. But hey, you, you see, now there is a wind, uh, go and sleep. You, you know, you, when if there is a wind, hey, you, you so, so part is full, yeah, then the child goes and sleep, avoiding what wind the poor wind is just passing, the child <laughs> must go and sleep. Now, why? It's because words has life. Now, the moment you do that, you are creating a mentality onto the child that I'm a sickly child. I must be afraid. I must not do that. Now, we need to raise children who are confident. Children who are confident in what they can achieve. That is why it is not a, I do not believe. The pastor has told you. Me, I don't believe that there is something called a brilliant child. I don't think there is such a thing. It is what the child puts in. That he's going to rip. Yeah, if a child doesn't rip, you're not going to pass. Uh, it's obvious. You're, why you, what are you going to pass that you didn't read? You didn't read this subject. Now, one day, I was in my practice, they brought this young man. He has just collapsed from school. The previous week, he had collapsed before. When he collapsed, the mother says, hey, this child of mine has a heart condition. What is a heart condition? What is a No, even as peddler, they went there, they checked him. Mara, when they checked him, they didn't find anything. Okay. Even today, now he collapsed again. Oh, okay, let's check. The, we checked the child. We could not find anything. Now we start asking him. Uh, what was happening when you collapsed? 
You see, you want to know. You are taking a history now. What was happening? Ah, you know, I just collapsed. Uh, Amen. <laughs> you were in class. Tell us what was happening there when you collapsed. Yeah, you see, we have written a math test and the teacher came and then he was reading our marks. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> what is your average in math? I, I don't know. Oh, wonder. you are at school. How can you not know your average now? Help us. We want to help you. Help us. Yeah, it's 18%. <laughs> now, now there's a problem here now. Whatever they thought was a heart condition is anxiety. Yeah. yeah, the child is just having anxiety attack because now others have 80, 60%. Him is on 18 now. That is embarrassing. Now, every time he goes there, he has palpitation. His heart beats fast. He just can't breathe. He collapses. The mother comes and says, the child has a heart condition. No, it is not a heart condition. It's because the child does not read. So and I ask him a simple question. Okay. Since you say um, you got 18%, what were you doing? Because they came on a Monday. What were you doing on a Friday? I know I was, I was watching TV and I was with my friends. Okay. Because it was a Friday. Okay. What were you doing on Sunday? Saturday? No, you see, I don't stay with my father. So I went to my father, to my grandmother's house, and I spent the whole day with my father and my grandmother. Okay. There is a Sunday, ne? What were you doing on a Sunday? Ah, you see, on Sunday, there is this friend of mine, you know. I went there, I was with him, and it was a Monday. Okay. So you, you are having a problem with meds. But Friday... Saturday, Sunday, you never even once opened any book. Not even once. Mara, when we read your marks, you collapse. (laughs) (laughs) Brethren, this man doesn't practice at all. No. He just thinks by having a book of maths, Maybe he will put it against his head and sleep. <laughs> then maybe it will go into him. I, I don't understand. I'm like, hey, mom, I don't get this now. This son of yours doesn't start. Yeah, you see, doctor, I spoke to him. He's always on this phone of his. Okay, mom. You see, now, the problem is this. There is teenage delinquency. No? Brother Brandman sometimes talks of what? Parental delinquency. Now this child will grow up saying he can't do meds. But he has never ever in his life practiced meds. You see, when I was at school, I used to get 100% in meds. Yeah. But you will find that I was putting three times the work for me to get that. When others are sleeping after they've done, I will go to pass question papers, read, go study guides. Yes. And then when, I get, when my mask comes, they say, hey, you are brilliant. Oh, well, there's no such. This man was sweating. He was practicing. You see, I'm speaking to you young people. <laughs> you hear me? Yes, it's because you reap what you sow. You understand? And we parents, we need to guide the children to what? To do what they're supposed to do. Even sometimes to make sure that they don't do what they're not supposed to do. We have to all the time. 
make sure they don't do what they are not supposed to do. They commit. Because at the end of the day, you'll have a child who can't do anything, who can't go to university. You'll have to look after him. Why? The problem was in the beginning, it was what? Parental. You know, another, another parent came with a four-year-old. I, that one. <laughs> now they say, doctor, can you advise me? You know, this child of mine doesn't want to play with other children. What does he want to do? No, he wants to watch TV the whole day, cartoons, cartoons. How old is the child? No, he's four. Okay. We're busy speaking. The mother has her own phone. Yeah. That child is having her own phone, playing games on the old phone. I'm like, hey man, stop it. Stop doing that. You are speaking to about Jesus. Stop it. The mother says, you see, doctor say, hey mama. Don't say doctor. Tell him to stop it. <laughs> now you'll be going doctor, doctor. You are the parent. I'm not a parent. I'm the doctor. Tell him to stop it. Okay, you have a, a TV. Can't you switch it off? How can you are the parent? Can't you take the cord and put it on top of something? If maybe you will switch it on again and see what's going to happen. Yeah, just take it. Take that cut, whatever, DSTV cut that you have. Take the cord out. And let's see if the child does not do I'm saying, you see now, mom, you'll have a child who has a problem with social development because the child doesn't what? Doesn't interact with other children because the only thing he can interact with is TV. And now remember, when you're watching TV, there's no active. It is not an active interaction. It is passive. It is one way. There's no... That means you will not be able to develop social skills. Yes, yes. You can't relate with anything. Because there, it is just talking. You can't talk back to it. There's where a child must go and play. The child must go outside and get dirty with other children. That is why? That is how children must go. You see now? Parental delinquence. With what? Teenage delinquence. Amen. Why? Because your word is creative. Your word has creative power. Your word has destructive power. So we as parents, we need to do what? We need to go there and make sure that we guide. We guide this thing. All right. I think we're about to close now. Um, We'll go on to the last part. I still have, I don't know. Um, let's read um, Amos, the scripture of Amos, and then I think from there we will close. So this one, unfortunately, I cannot leave this one. This one is for you teenagers and then, uh, young people. You know, always when I come here, I want to leave you with something. <laughs> so, so let's give you a ration as well. We've spoken to mommy and daddy. Now let's speak to you a bit. Then from there we can close. He says, hear the word that the Lord had spoken against you. Oh, it's Amos 3, ne? Yes, Amos 3, we'll read from verse 1. Yes. Hear the, the, the word that the Lord has spoken against you. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, all children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up, up from the land of Egypt, saying, 
you only, you only, and even you only, yes, have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for your iniquities. And he comes and says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in front of the forest when he had no prey? Will a young lion cry on the out of his den if he has not taken anything, nothing. Can a bird fall in the snare upon the earth where no gene, a trap has been set? You see? He can't. Shall one take up a snare? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord had not done it? Surely the Lord will do nothing. But he revealed his secret to his servant, the prophet. We have our prophet here. Now, I, I will thank the Lord on this one because all the time I was, there was this thing that I wanted, praying that God will help me so that I can at least hear the prophet speaking about addiction because there is, we have a problem with addiction. There is nyaope, addicts, everything. No, I wanted to get it. Now we're going to read a quote whereby the prophet speaks about that. Now, you see now, here he's talking about influence. Amos, can two walk together until they be agreed? Now we are talking about the power of influence. Yes, it is for you, young people, the power of influence. Now we have a problem with addiction. Now our blessed prophet has come out with a quote for us that we're going to read. We've just read from the Bible, which says, can two walk together unless they be agreed. Can birds of a feather, birds of a feather flock together? Yes, it's, it's the same thing. You can't see an eagle with a, with a dove. There's going to be a problem there. There will be some swallowing happening there. <laughs> because it's an eagle and the other one is a, is a, is a dove. They are not re- related. Dove must go with dove Bed must go with bed. Now, because of influence, you'll find that when a child ne, has his first drink, alcohol, somebody must have offered it to him. When a child has his first boyfriend or girlfriend, somebody has connected that child to that boyfriend or that girlfriend. You see? Influence. When a child has his or his first smoke, Somebody offered this first smoke. You, can, you cannot just get it. Somebody has to offer. When a child jumps out of the window at night, when the parents are asleep, somebody put that idea in him. Yes, it, it doesn't just happen. No, Billy Paul did it. Yes, Billy Paul did it. He jumped out of the window. No, unfortunately, he had a prophet, you see, no. <laughs> we, me, I may not see, but the prophet said, hey, when I saw you, yes. Hey, daddy, hey, daughter, what were you going? Where were you going? He was unlucky because now he was with the prophet. Now, when a child loves the Lord and is, is committed to the Lord, that means his friends love the Lord as well. When a child is a message believer and is committed and has been baptized, his friends are message believers and they've been baptized. You see, influence. When, now can two 
walk together unless they agree. Now we have Nyaope, Mendrex, crack cocaine, heroin, PCP. You know, PCP, they call it angel dust. I think the angels are angry. <laughs> because there is a dust, <laughs> there is a drug here called angel dust. Yes, it's PCP. Then we have Dacha, alcohol, methamphetamines, ecstasy, magic mushroom, magic, yes. Anabolic steroids. Now, you will realize one thing. For you to get your first joint, your first snot or sniff, your first injection, your first drink, your first swallow, is for free. Yeah, now that one is free, brother. They, they provide. No, that day, don't worry, you are the king. They'll be, they'll be providing. Yes. Because it's free, they'll be saying, Tumza, hey, Tibos, Lebza, hey, KG. Hey, come and try, man. Yeah. No, Unga Baez and daughter, come. This is nice. Yes. I think they want to entice you. They want to entice you. Now, you'll find that the next one is on you. And then you find that if you continue, ne, the next one is your mother's microwave. The next one is your mother's fridge. The next one is your mother's flat TV screen. The next one is your clothes. Oh, you see, now you're pale. This person is getting finished now. There is no one. Now you find out the only thing now you are left is, is, is you. That means the next one must be yourself. Yes, that's the truth, brethren. Agree, you, are, you, you finished everything. Mara, this addiction, you must... You must feed it. Yes, you must feed it. Now, if you must feed it, oh, it doesn't just fall from somewhere. They want money, those guys. They're drug dealers. They're deal. they, it's a deal. You give, you take, you deal, you give, you know, we, yeah, we deal. Now, that is why you find that most prostitutes have a problem with addiction. That is how it started. It starts this way. Now, how can two walk together? unless they be accurate. You see, with friendship, young people, I'm telling you, <laughs> there's no neutral ground. No, sir. It's either it is left or right. If it's left or right, there must be some engulfing there. That means there must be some guinana there. He either swallows you or you swallow him. You can't be in, in between. No. No, sir. If he doesn't swallow you, you must swallow him. That means if he doesn't influence you, you must influence him. Then uh, now you are friends. Because now angry you are the best of a feather. You are flocking together in one direction, doing the same thing, listening to the same music, playing the same games. You see, chatting the same. It's a bed of a feather. Now, let's read Prodigal. I will write, we'll read uh, paragraph 134. Then from there, I think we will close. So there is power in influence. It is subtle. It is hidden. You may not see it, but you'll find that slowly by slowly, your talk changes. Slowly by slowly, your walk changes. It's influence. You are influenced from somewhere. Now your trousers... Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, brothers, the trousers is supposed to sit here. Now you find out even the, the trousers is dropping. The, cha- the work is changing. The, it is an influence from somewhere. Be careful. Be wary. Don't do it. Um, don't start. Yes, you, you, there is a start somewhere. Please don't start. Because when you start it, you cannot stop. I, I have seen many... I, I have seen um, many, many people suffering from uh, addiction. It is a terrible thing. Yo, it's terrible. You know, I was speaking to one guy. He's working. You know, he's employed. He's an engineer. He's employed. The last time I spoke to him, he, they have chased him out of his, of his, of his rental home. Now he was at a hostel in, in a place I can't reveal because I didn't get permission. In a place where he was staying because he can't afford. His family, they don't want him. In fact, when he left, they said, you know what? Since you guys are chased, we'll take the children. When? Uh-uh. No. You don't even get closer to that gate. You just leave them at the gate there. Let them come in. Uh-uh, don't come. You want to greet us? Greet us from there. <laughs> Why? Because of the travels he has caused. He says, you know, doctor, nobody wants to speak to me. And even you can see the company of the people I keep. You are a Nyope addict. You are an engineer. You must go with the Nyope addicts. A Nyope addict who is an engineer. Yes. He's been to rehab. He's been to rehab and rehab. Sober for a few months. Go back. Now I'm like, you know, brother, do you go to church? Yeah. Uh, no, brother, you need to go to church. Because the problem is the company you keep. We, we come here, we distox you, you are sober for a month. I know, if I don't see you this month, you come having relapsed. Why? Because of the company you keep. He says, you see now, doctor, I'm in, I'm in a hostel, there I cannot go. But he, you are an adult. There's nobody who's going to come and say, don't go out. You need to sort yourself. You need to change. You know, there must be a change of status quo. You must change everything. But the only person who can help you is God. You see, we will, we will read here. You know, the pastor um, preached on the phoenix rising. You know what is a phoenix? Phoenix is a bed that is able to, it's a mythical bed. It's able to regenerate itself from, uh, from almost ashes, from nothing, and then it will rise up. Now, even if you are dead, you can actually rise up from the ashes of addiction. You can be a phoenix rising. Because there is no situation, there is no condition that is above God. God, that is why when we are an addict, the only solution is God. He can, we can detox you from the blood. Mara, he will detox you from the inside. Coming, you know, from your soul. That life will flow through you. You will be like a phoenix rising. If you have addiction to pornography, addiction to alcohol, addiction to whatever it is, cocaine, crack cocaine, 
You are broken. You need a fix. He will fix you from the inside. That is your only chance. And may I say it? It is your only choice. <laughs> because there is no, nothing for you. You understand? What we people can do for you is temporal. But it needs a change from you. Personally. You yourself. You must make a decision. A sober one. Not the one when... You know, another one they brought him. No? And um, the mother paid. That man nearly beat us in the seizure. He says, I want my 400 rands. Me, I don't want to stay here. Give me my money. Give me my 450. Give me my consultation man. He says, no, we can't give you. It's your mother who paid for you. For you. No, 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 no. It's, yeah, they paid for me. I want my money. He was toy-toying there. You know why he was toy-toying? He wanted to take the money to get a fix. Yes. We had to phone the mother and say, hey, I pay your child here. Hey, you, you are having a problem here. We are even calling security. Come. Because now I know. We give him the money, he's gone. And uh, you see, such people, oh, no, I'm not reading my quotation now. I'm, <laughs> um, such people, when they need it, they crave is there. My friend, they can even steal you. They change. That is why when I spoke to this guy, he told me, you know what? This thing, he says, no, this is just not a drug. It's a devil. He was right. Addiction, nyaupe, ecstasy, all these things, it is the devil. Because when he's there and he got hold of you, oh, you need God to come and loosen up the screws. Because he will tie you and tie you, and he will finish you. These people who are there, who are addicted to your pet, they are finished. You can see, no, there's a person there. But the person is gone. It's just bones. It will just finish you. Amen. So let's read here about the quotation and hear what the prophet says. Now he says, I noticed this father wearing, walking back and forth, up and down. The next day when I came, it came time for the boy to leave. I can see him pack his little suitcase. Get out there. I can see him go around and say, so folks, so long folks, and start off. Now he's the prodigal son. No influence. Somebody has influence and say, ah, brother, ah, your inheritance. You know, you know this time has, you might give it to somebody else, you know. You must ask for it now. I mean, it's yours. He promised it to you. He must give it to you now, now. Yeah, then you must go and enjoy life there. We'll be waiting for you, you know. You know where you can find us. Just go get it. I will be there with you. Get it. Now, he says, so long, folks. I'm gone. Mother says, just a moment, honey. Before you go, let us have a prayer one more time. They kneel on the floor. I can see the old mother and dad with their arms around one another, praying to God. God, we've raised him. You know, young people, we've raised you. And took him this far. He's gone out from the way from us. You know what he means? He has gone out from the way that they've taught him. He's taking another road. He's wondering. Please, Father, take care of him. I can hear him saying, 
Oh, just restless. You know, these guys, they are restless. When they want to go, they want to go. Their mind is made up. He didn't want to hear the prayer of the mother and dead no more. He had other things on his mind. His mind is made up. Young person, I am I'm, I'm imploring you today. Your mind must be made up on Christ. When your mind is made up, let be made up on Christ. Amen? His mind is what? Made up. That's the reason sometimes we are impatient. Just can't wait a few minutes. Can't pray. Can't wait for a prayer. But there will come a time, friend, you will have eternity to think about it. Pray now. Be ready to meet the master. Are you ready to meet the master? Is your life today in a condition whereby you are ready? If they can say, are you ready? Are you prepared? Is everything in order? Your life. I'm talking about your life now. I can hear them pray and get up. Mother tried to hug him. He turned his head. He's dead, put his arms around him. You know, a stubborn spirit has gone. You know, this new spirit is stubborn. You know, it is a stubborn, addictive spirit. He turned his head. He's dead, tried to put his arms around him. He, he cries. Oh, you all go on of me. You know, there's another, you know, it's no longer your child. It's another thing in your child. And start off over the hill. I can see father and mother standing there with their hands, arms around one another, waving goodbye to him as he went off over the hill, down into the city to be with the rest of the world. Isn't that what many parents are experiencing this way? Seeing your child go out of the way, out of the way that you've taught him, you've set him, going out into the world. Hallelujah. May the good Lord help us. Now, down into the city to be with the rest of the world. And this parent, I can see them return back into the house again, weeping. You know, crying, praying. You know, they, they are weeping because they are parents. You know, you as a child, you can never, ever know more than your parents. They've been through life. You know, Brother Bram says, I've fought hard battles. Your parents have fought hard battles to be where they are. Whatever advice they give you, please take heed to it. It is not just a law. It is something to save you. Yes, because they have been through life's journey. They've been through it all. You are just starting. Hallelujah. Now they're going there crying and praying. They are weeping because they know already what's going to happen there. They've been through it, done it, seen it. Amen. I can see him get with the crowd down there. And as long as his money lasted, oh, brother, oh, they will love you. They will cherish you. You will be their friends. As long as your beauty lasts, they will love you. They will cherish you. They will be your friends. As long as your figure lasts, they will, be, they will love you. They will cherish you. They will be your friends. Mara, when your mind, your money is gone, that means you, couldn't, you cannot offer any value to them. They will discard you like a hot potato. And who's going to take you back? I, and these parents, I can see them return back into the house, weeping, crying, praying. Those are the ones who will be there for you. You hear me? Those are the ones who will be there for you all through life's journey. 
Then uh, he was a good fella, you know. Ah, oh, he has money. Oh, I, this man when he comes, I know. Yeah, this life when he comes in. There is no life, man. You have money. <laughs> don't fool yourself and say they love you because you, you came with a vibe. You don't have vibe. You have money. Hey, hey you, you must listen. <laughs> hey, don't think you are, you are loved and you are a better somebody. It's your money. You can provide our addiction. You know, when you come there, they say the, the, the table get, becomes black, ne? Yeah, it becomes... Yeah, you, oh, you paint the, the table? Oh, red. Oh, yes. That means you put alcohol there. There's just alcohol, the whole table. They say, I know he has arrived. Love you. Everybody's... <laughs> yeah, everybody's on you. Everybody wants to be your friend. Everybody wants your company because you have arrived. You know, they say, I know. You know, we're drinking one beer. I know. There are cases now. You have money. That's what they want. Now he says, that's the way the world treats you. As long as you got money, you got friends. But when your money is gone, your friends are gone. He says, that is dry weather friends. You know what is dry weather friends? Dry weather friends are friends that are there as long as you have something that they can benefit from. Those are dry weather friends. And I've written something. We have another type of friends as well. Yeah. Let me just check. We have dry weather friends and another type. I've written it here. Yeah. And we have foul weather friends. Yes. There is dry weather friends. And there is foul weather friends. You know what are foul weather friends? These are friends who enjoy your company because they come and look at you and laugh at you how you failed. Those are foul weather friends. That means when they come, they say, ah, yeah, yeah, no. You know, we want to have fun. <laughs> Let's go and see that man we know. And we are columns. Let's go and hear him. Yeah, those are foul weather friends. Now, these ones are dry weather friends. Because it's dry, it's not raining. They are your friends. Oh, let it rain. <laughs> they are not there. They are nowhere to be found. Who will be there to be found with you? Your old, your old mother. Your old father. Your family. Not them. Now, I know a friend who will stick to you by you if you haven't got a pain. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I've been to a place where I had no ascent. He loved me. He loves you still. He loved me just as much as if I wasn't to have a penny, as if I had millions of dollars. He loves you just the same. That pure, holy, unalterated love come from God alone down into his people. You know, the only love that is closer to this one, your family, your parents, Yes, nobody else. It is close. It is close to that one. It can't reach even that one, but it is on earth. That is the closest you'll go to. Now, that is the way we should love our, uh, one another with a godly love. Um, notice, I can see him in the great, in the places with gambling devices. Yes. 
Gambling. Gambling is an addiction. Yes, don't start it. Hey, you don't know what you're going to do. Dangerous, that one. Gambling. I've seen a man. This is the Bible. You see? To him, this is the lot of cards. Yes. These are lot of cards. You know, lot of cards. For one uh, weekend. How much did he spend? Yes, I've seen it. I'm not, it's not a hearsay. Something like, that is gambling. Now he says, I can see him in, in place with gambling devices, halls of ill fame, and so forth. After which, while his money was gone, and after a while, his money was gone, and his friends was gone. He was a popular guy. He could have a date with any of the girls. But when his money was gone, they were gone with the crowd. Those friends, they were gone with the crowd. That is the way the devil leaves you. High and dry. Yeah, the devil will leave you high and dry. As long as you got money and popular, you are popular, all right. But when that time wears out, you are finished. That's all before the world. Then I can see him. He has to get himself a job. So he went to a citizen of a country, a hawk raiser. Look where he dropped from. A Jew, not even supposed to put his hands on a carcass of a hawk. He was indeed, he was starving. He had to take a job. And they gave him the worst. That is the devil. The devil will tremble you and make a. F- After he have trembled you, know, he sounds a trumpet. Come and see how has he fallen. That's the devil. God can never do that. But the devil, that is his modest operant. To take you, elevate you a bit, drop you. Now, just as soon as he can get, and they gave him the words, that's the devil, that's the way the devil does it. Just as soon as he can get, you started down the hill, he'll tramp you with everything he's got. Now, and he wasn't a good fellow then, I agree he didn't have money. Yeah, no, you are no longer good. And he joined himself with the citizen of the country. And the citizen gave him two big slobs to go slob the kid. Think of a place, a Jewish boy out there slogging hawks in a pageant. Away from the murder, away from religion that he once had. Away from the message that he once believed. Away from light town, lighthouse, town, uh, lighthouse tabernacle that he once attended. Away from the pastor that he once cherished. Yes. Away from murder. Away from religion, he once said. To keep away from hawks. Now he was rotting in it. That's the way the devil will do it. He'll get you to smoke your... First cigarette. Telling you no harm to in it. You see, we discussed that. the, the The prophet is telling you now. That he will get you to smoke your, your first cigarette, telling you there is no harm in it. After a while, you are a cigarette fiend. You know what is a fiend? Addict. Yes. The prophet here is talking about addiction. After a while, a while, a while you are a cigarette fiend. After a while, you are a crack cocaine fiend. After a while, you are a nyaupe fiend. 
After that, you are a dachafiant. After that, you are an alcoholic. But you started with one? One sip. One joint. One smoke. One snot. Then it takes hold of all your life. Now, there's no harm. Tell you, and after a while, you are a he'll, t- he'll tell you there's no harm in taking a sociable drink. Yes. That's what they, ah, it's just social, you know. Drink. I've stood there before they went to the gallows, stood by them before they were electrocuted. Electrocution. I never intended to, they say, to be a gambler. I never intended when I was playing cards to be a gambler. I never intended to be a drunk. When I first stole my first cigarette, my first sweet, out of a filling station, I didn't intend to be a thief. But only thing the devil wants you to do is to start. Then he takes you on. Get over all this ground over time and watch him. You know what it means to do wrong. Then, but there is an influence of power. of You see, darkness. The devil also has power. As much as you have this hidden power, he also has his own power. The power of darkness. The prince of power of the air that leads you trapped in these things. You've got to stand up. Separate yourself from the things of the world and come out and live for Christ. That's right. Hallelujah. There he it is. Your first smoke, first joint, first drink. Oh, sociable. Yes, you know, you just have a taste. Then you are hooked. Now, for the last part, uh, before we close, we are closing maybe yeah, in the next five minutes. You know, we must demonstrate this power. Now, that is why when Pastor Madiba, when the COVID started, and he said, no one in this congregation will die of COVID. No life will be lost to this pandemic. I thought that, I, I still do, it was a brave and uncommendable thing to do. And I remember when he said it, there were very few amens. I think the pastor was saying, yeah, you remember, brother? Yes, that no life has gone to be lost. Now, the first wave has passed. Second wave has passed. Third wave has passed. I think the fourth one is passing through. No life has been lost. Now, this was the, what we call what you have expressing it, manifesting it, showing it. Now, it's like I told you that words have life. Now, when Pastor Mediba said this, remember, he's a son of God. Now, when a son of God says something, heaven will come to back it up. Now, I can imagine what was happening in heaven there when he said it. I thought about it just a little. That because he's a sun wave, he said it here, but it kept on going and going and going and going until it reached heaven. And then the moment it reached heaven, oh, brother, when it reached there, there was a sense of agency there. You know, Michael was there, calling angels there, saying, hey, there is a call down there. We must get ourselves there. There is a declaration that has been made down there. I, I can see him call uh, Gabriel. Say, Gabriel, 
<laughs> Where are thou? My friend, we have a call. We need to go ourselves to heaven there. You know, they, they say this disease. Uh, the elderly are vulnerable. I want you to just pack. Good for, look for Sister Skosana. Look for Sister Malaza. Just check where they are. Pack there. Sister Maria. Sister Winnie. All the elderly. Go. Go and check them. Make sure that you, you stay there. Because why? A son has made a declaration. His word. You know, when you say something, don't be afraid to say it. Because when you say it, the moment you've uttered it, it is no longer a problem. No, sir. It becomes God's problem. You can... Pastor Maribel cannot maintain our lives. No. But the moment he said it, God... It is this problem because it was not just said by anybody. It was a son saying it. And it was a son putting his trust in the father. Now the father must respond. That's right. Now I could see when would come. Say, hey, where is Brother Mpanyan? Where is Brother Dipadi? You know, Brother Mkabi, they work in some risky areas. When would pack there? Hallelujah. That is how the life is being preserved. Because a son uttered a voice. Now the heaven must come and back it up. Amen. So don't be afraid to make a declaration. Don't be afraid to put God on the spot. You know, when he's on the spot, he has never failed. He will not fail you now. You just have to believe him. You just have to accept it and say, it's all in God's hands. Then I will tell you, he will honor that faith. Sister Haiti believed that the, the prophet really, what we are saying when he says, the squirrel came out of nothing. It was the truth. He says, thus said the Lord. They say, because of that faith, what is it? That I can do for you. Say anything. Anything. God will grant it now. God will do it now. Do you need a million dollars? God will give it to you now. Do you need healing of your sister? She's sick. You know, she's a cripple. Now, now. But now look now. That was the third pool ministry. Third pool ministry must respond the way it's supposed to be. He says what? What is your greatest desire? Is to see my children, my son, saved. You see? I want them to see them entering that small room. You know, going out, being new creatures. Going there, being renewed people. And Brother Bram says... It is done. <laughs> now you say, hey, this man can save people. It is Christ doing it. And the Christ we are praying for can is still the same God today. What is your heart desire? What do you want him to do for you? What is it that you are lacking? What is it that he can impart into you? Say it. Believe it and receive it. 
May we just stand up, amen. We can just sing a worshiping song as the pastor comes, amen. So what is it that you need? What is it that you are lacking off? He's here. He's always been here. Remember Gehazi? How many remembers Gehazi? He was there with the prophet. Yes, he was there with the prophet. And the Syrians surrounded them. <laughs> and then uh, he was afraid to say, right, today is our last day. And then the prophet says, uh, God, please open the eyes of this young man. May your eyes be open today. He says, open the eyes of this young man. When his eyes was open, he said they were, he was surrounded by angels, chariots of fire. Now, this is what I'm saying, even today, he is here. May the good Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. down there I said Lord you now understand why sometimes as a pastor you need to step aside and allow the fivefold ministry to speak to the church when brother Mafagazas preached on a divine affair between Christ and the bride I wouldn't have preached it the way you preached it when Brother Mbanyana came and spoke about spiritual amnesia, I wouldn't have spoken the way he spoke it. When Brother Mshabe spoke today, I wouldn't have spoken the way he spoke it. You know, a lot of times as a pastor, you deal with pastoral stuff. So when you come and preach here, someone says, ah, it's because he knows about it. But when somebody doesn't know anything, and, and God uses him to address issues, then you know that there is God on the move. Do you understand what I'm talking about? If, if last night I was in your house trying to reconcile you and your wife, and I come this morning and I preach about marriage, you're going to say, he's preaching about me. But if he's another brother from somewhere that you know he knows nothing, and he fixes it, then you must raise your hand and say, is God speaking to me? We appreciate how God is using brothers in our midst. A demon of addiction. There's, there's just... I'm not going to keep you long. My, my sons, they normally visit our relatives and they've got access to our relatives. And they, they've never spent time with my younger brother. And we've been avoiding them to have access to him and him having access to them because he's got a problem with drugs since 1996. But somewhat, I think it was two weeks back, I said, you know, from my, my wife's family, everything is 100%. They go to school, they graduate. Amen. 
but on this side, then I've got my sister who's stable, then I've got my brother. He has never, he has never been right. And how he went off the rails, we just opened a small window. One day I will share a testimony. We, we wanted to help another message family by accommodating their son who was expelled. That boy, for us to accommodate that boy, it was the beginning of our problems. And we never, even to this day, never recovered from that. And today I see parents being very generous about their children. Ah, you can visit relatives, you can stay there for a weekend. You don't know what you are getting yourself into. I ask some of us who will tell you. When Brother Mutlavi tells you about how a person can sell things, I've seen those things. Not for a week, not for a month. From 1996 until now, how many years? It's over 20 years. Then, uh, two weeks back, I said, but let me, let me speak to my sons about this matter. Then I, I, we were sitting and we were talking, and I, I explained to them what happened. It did not occur to me that when my younger brother went off the rail, he was exactly in the same grade as my eldest son now, or even the same age. Then as we were talking and talking, then my son towards the end says, look, Dad, do you know that I was offered wheat at school? I mean, I didn't know what the devil was doing. But there's something that he said that moved me. He said, I looked at it, but I thought how much it will break your heart if I was to take it. So the devil is fighting, folks. <laughs> Brother Mutab is not just preaching and taking an hour because we've got nowhere else. We're in a battle. And you came here so that you can be equipped as parents to go and change certain things. It's not because somebody wants to get at you. It has n we have gone past that stage. We've got no life of competition. We are, the, we, are, we, are, we are a community. Are you with me, my brethren? So, God bless you, Brother Mtlavi. Our children must hear us and hear us very well. You start, you will never stop. It's amazing, exactly the same ways that you have said today. I uttered them on Thursday evening. You were not there. You don't know where I was, who I was speaking to, but I uttered exactly the same ways. So it has to be God. Amen. Let's just sing a worshiping song and wrap up. Let's sing a worshiping song, wrap up, and let's continue to pray for our children. Let's continue to intercede for them. They are fighting, even elderly. The devil has got no respect of age, profession. My younger brother is, more, is the most brilliant one in our family. But you look where he is. He couldn't make it. You drop him at... He has gone to all the private schools that you can think of. 
you drop him at this entrance, he always finds an, extra, an exit point. But it all started with just one influence where we thought we were helping. And the reason we wanted to help is because had we not helped, people were going to think that we are demons. But brother, now I'd rather be a demon and not allow a window of opportunity for Satan. Let's sing a worshiping song. We pray and we, we go. God bless you, Brahma
Precious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your grace and mercy. We appreciate how you spoke to us this afternoon, dear God. We appreciate, dear God, that it is amazing that the more you reveal yourself, it exposes Satan. It exposes his vices, how he would want to destroy but dear God, you have never been defeated by this creature even one time. You know, dear God, his anatomy. You know his weaknesses. You know his vulnerabilities. That's why when we come to the house of the Lord and we hear the word, we go back being empowered. Because now we are able to profile the enemy better. We are able to profile his t- tricks But dear God, we appreciate that today we have been empowered spiritually. Yes, indeed, life is in the third. We appreciate, dear God, how you used our dear brother. May you add more to the virtue that has been lost. May you add more to his ministry. May you add more to the ministries of local ministers here, how they labor and go into the study and come and preach messages here. Some of the messages may make them unpopular, but dear God, it is for a good cause. And even last week, how we heard about spiritual amnesia. What a beautiful subject as well, dear God. And what a relevant subject, especially as we emerge from lockdowns. Dear God, continue to inspire them to preach without fear or favor. Continue to help them to equip your church because the devil is not on a holiday. He's fighting 24-7, 365 days. Here are the believers, dear God. There will never be preachers unless there are hearers of the preachers. They make it here. Some of them drive long distances to be here and just to come and hear your word. Bless them abundantly. You know their heart's desire. Everyone in the building has a desire of some sort. You know that desire and we present those desires to you. May you grant them their heart's desires. As we'll be living from this place, lead us, dear God, until we reach our respective homes. All these things we ask them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I think it was a, a, a week or three months, three weeks back, Brother Masuma gave me a call. And because we lost a deacon, an elder in Limpopo, this man, his house is next to a university. Now, when your house is next to a university, that means every believer that goes to that university, they automatically become your children. So Brother Masuma was reminding me of how this man gave his all in grooming many and many and many children in the message today. And it says what made it, what it made it great is that he did all these things while his son was in prison. He didn't say because my son is in prison, let them all go haywire. He said, I will try to use the learnings and help the best way that I can help. Uh, We appreciate the Lord. God bless you for being patient. I told him, take your time. 
if you've got anyone to blame, blame me. Amen. God bless you richly. You'll continue to be blessed by them. Next week, Sunday, I'm not here. I'm in Benoni. Pastor Mahera requested me to come and dedicate uh, his daughter. They've waited for the daughter for a long time, so I said I will be there next week. But you'll have a blessed time here. God bless you richly. Keep on praying for one another. Amen. God bless you. Just give us there is a song. It says, It reaches to the highest. Is it mountain or star or what? We haven't forgotten lyrics. You know. Amen. I sing better during lockdowns. <laughs> Just give us that one, my sister. Have a blessed week. And may God make every avenue of your life to be victorious. Shalom. It reaches to the highest mountain. Yes, it does.